Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, August 26th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On Tuesday, fans were allowed into a professional sports event in Kansas City for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic shut things down in March. Sporting KC opened its gates to about 2,300 fans, and star columnist Sam Mellinger and beat writer Sean Goodwin were there to record the scene and the feeling of covering a live event. We'll talk to both of them. Now, if only the result had been better. Sporting KC dropped an ugly 5-2 outcome to the Houston Dynamo. After a break, you'll hear post-match comments from Peter Vermees and midfielder Roger Espinoza on the game and having fans in the stands. So let's get started with Sam Mellinger and Sean Goodwin. Okay, Sam and Sean, you guys were uh, had the privilege of attending the first sporting event in Can- professional sporting event in Kansas City where fans were allowed to attend. And um, uh, I just wanted to get both of your guys' impressions about this. We'll talk about the game a little later, but I want to talk about just kind of from the moment you arrived and and through the game, what you saw, what you heard, what you felt. And Sam, start with you. I, I enjoyed your column, but uh, just kind of take us through your experience of heading out to a, a live sporting event. Um, I have to admit, when I went there, it was – not really out of obligation, but it, it felt like a thing that, you know, sports columnists and local papers should go to. And I kind of, my expectations were pretty low. Um, I thought it would be sort of, you know, a practice atmosphere with, you know, 2,300 or whatever it was fans. Um, and I just thought it would be really weird. And it was amazing, <laughs> honestly. I mean, it, it was, I, I didn't realize how much I had missed hearing a crowd. And in a real crowd, like with actual humans and not like piped in music from, you know, MLB The Show or whatever, you know, the baseball teams are using. Uh, the first time that it happened, it was a little bit before, um, I think it was like around player introductions. And it's just like, uh, honestly, I mean, it, it sounds weird to say out loud, but like I got goosebumps, like my skin like tingled. And I got this <laughs> feeling that I didn't know how much I missed um, just those sounds and seeing people have fun. It was it was awesome. It was it was absolutely terrific. I'm so glad that I was able to go. Okay. Hey, Sean, before you answer the same question, let me just take a little inventory here. These are the live sporting events that fans in Kansas City would have missed. And this is just a partial list. I didn't even write them down. I was thinking about them, Sam, as you were talking. But just starting in March with the, the conclusion of the Big 12 tournament through the NCAA tournament, and, of course, KU went into that event, would have gone into that event as the overall number one seed, so a, a favorite to get to the Final Four, which would have been played in Atlanta in front of you know, 75,000, 80,000 people through spring training, through opening day of baseball, and then Royals home games, the, you know, the soundtrack of our, of our summers, Spring football at Mizzou, K-State, KU, um, you know, sporting Kansas City games after March 7th when they they played their last home game. So in front of a full house at uh, at, at Children's Mercy Park through, you know, f- uh, you know, training camp of the Chiefs. They would have had record attendance at St. Joe and Missouri Western this year, probably, you know, four to 5,000 people a day coming up to see the Super Bowl champion. So, People ask me all the time, "What, what you, um, you know, what are you doing now that there aren't there weren't any live sports for that for that stretch?" And and I said, "Look, well, there was always plenty to write about and talk about, but what I missed most was just being with other people at games and hearing them and feeling the energy." And 
Um, and, and, and you guys got to experience some of that in, in a small way on Tuesday night. So, Sean, take us through your experience going through um, going through the, uh, the the game at Children's Mercy. Yeah, I mean, there's not much I can disagree with Sam about. I mean, you know, I was there pretty early to talk to Fangs anyway, and I saw uh, Tim Melia, who's the first starter out on the field, and just the applause he got. Um, as Sam says, it just... You know, g- gave me goosebumps and a lot some butterflies in my stomach. It's been a while since I got those, but you know, even once the stadium was quote unquote full with all twenty three hundred fans and you know, national anthem was happening and all the pregame ceremonies, I uh, I teared up a little bit. I hope I hope Sam didn't see that while I was sitting <laughs> next to him. Um, but now, and you know, I was talking to fans outside the stadium and they were stoked. I think the most interesting thing I heard from uh, it was a husband and wife actually was uh, they said they were going to show up to the game if they felt safe they would stay and uh, if they felt it was unsafe they would just up and leave um, which <laughs> interesting tactic but you know I, I imagine a lot of people were the same way but once they got there they said they felt safe with all, all the precautions that SKC had in place and um, it's, it was an overall enjoyable experience for them and for us up on the press box as well. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, NASCAR as well. We missed out on uh, fans attending a NASCAR, even if it was postponed, and uh, ho- with the hopes of actually getting fans at Kansas Speedway. And, of course, that didn't happen. But but maybe uh, the, the October 18th race that's returning to um, it's Kansas Speedway will have fans. Let me ask both of you um, – you know, this was an issue, of course, with fans in the in in the stands at a, at a Chiefs practice last Saturday. Um, you know, some were some were not wearing masks. I'm wondering if if you guys observed any, uh, or you know, what were your observations about people practicing, you know, distancing and mask wearing, and uh, what what did you see there? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, nothing's going to be a hundred percent. You know, you can't get any group of humans to do you know something a hundred percent. I know there were some people with masks, you know, below the nose and, and, you know, that, that can be a particular concern with people are yelling and screaming, especially the soccer game. Right. Um, you got the songs all the way through and all that. Uh, but I, it looked to me that it was, it was what you could have hoped for, you know, uh, at least realistically to me, the concourses look, you know, distance. I mean, there's a lot of sanitation. I mean, it was that part of it, um, Again, obviously, me and Sean were not in the the cauldron or in any of the bleachers, but um, it seemed like they were doing a pretty good job, as, as well as could be expected. Is that what you saw, Sean? Yeah, I mean, my eyesight isn't the best to see the, the bleachers from where we are, but just from walking about the concourse and before the game, uh, I heard that in the parking lot, uh, you know, there was spacing, there was a space between every car, but I heard that some people weren't wearing the masks until they got a bit closer to the stadium. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's outdoor and people are a bit more spread out. But uh, when I was outside the stadium, by the time people were arriving at the gates, you know, pretty much everyone had a mask on. If they didn't, they were turned around. And, uh, yeah, once they were in the stadium, I didn't really see too much of, you know, people walking about with no protection on the face. So, yeah, I can't complain as a whole. Well, in a perfect world, um, the Sporting Kansas City would have – uh, you know, come out and, and in front of their home fans, a small group as it was, 2,300, 
and would have performed superbly. In fact, would have support, uh, performed in the way they did the last time they played at home, which was also against the Houston Dynamo, and that was on March 7th. And Sporting Kansas City won that game 4 to nothing. Uh, this game turned out, uh, you know, also a, a goal fest. It was five to two, uh, but the wrong side won this game. And uh, Sean, we need to talk about that. What in the world happened? Obviously, Sporting Kansas City not terribly inspired by having fans through the turnstiles last night. Um, this thing got away from them. It looked like mm-hmm. in the second half, but they were down. Sporting was down two to one at halftime. Yeah, uh, down two on a halftime, but. They were still in the game, and uh, offensively, you know, they looked as good as they, as they have done the last couple of weeks. I mean, they still scored two goals at the end of the day, but uh, defensively was a big issue. Not only not only did they look sloppy and a little bit slow, especially in the second half, uh, I think one of the big issues we've got right now is, apart from Zussi at right-back, the defense is a revolving door of players. Um, with no centre-back consistency, whether it's Beasley, Rees, Prunchek, uh, Smith, because there's no real consistency there. Like left-back, and now playing Jalen Lindsay, who's typically a right-back. Um, he got absolutely smoked all of last game, uh, last night. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, offensively, they look fine, but just fangs or not, because offence just doesn't seem put together and coordinated, to be honest. And that was a big issue with last night's game. And I saw where uh, Busia was made available to the media after the game. Uh, we won't hear from him. We'll hear from Roger Espinosa and Peter Vermees after a break. But um, what, what about Busio? You know, we, we, where is his game right now? He has pleasantly surprised playing in that six role. Uh, I mean, he's he's never played there for sporting before this past week. Um, never really played there for SKC two either. Uh, but right now, Ilya is out with family issues and pieces obviously lands on Buzio to play in that defensive midfield role. And, you know, he he's still got room to improve in his play, not losing the ball so much. But just his abil- his vision, his ability to find a pass, uh, he's got the skill set to work in that role. And game by game, we're seeing his physicality and aggression um, improve as well. So... Whether that's a long-term move or until Ilya gets back, I don't know. But if these, these performances are certainly not going to dissuade any sort of interest he's got from Europe, I can tell you that. All right, look, uh, Sam Allegra, Sean Goodwin, great to speak with you. Um, happy that you guys got to get out and see the uh, the game last night and to experience with the, with the fans. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, Peter Vermees, and Roger Espinoza in the uh, from the post game of Sporting Kansas City's five to two loss to the Houston Dynamo. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Blair. Thank you. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners: unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. And that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always... 
Thanks for listening. Hello, Peter. Um, a tough night, it seems. Gianluca Busio played in a deeper role, and I don't think there's any concerns about his passing, but defensively, he still seems a bit raw. In terms of evolving that aspect of his game, is it something you'll look to do with individual training, or do you think that'll just come with experience? Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's very hard to critique one player in tonight's match. Uh, this is one of those times where you just say it's a, it's a, it's a bad day. Um, happens sometimes. There's, for the first 30 minutes, I thought we were good, and we we're in the game, and we were creating some great stuff, and we we're on them. Um, what I think transpired is that after 30 minutes, um, you know, we, we started chasing shadows a little bit as a team, and so I think that was the big thing. In regards to Boos, I mean, look, he's growing every day. Every day he's getting better and better. It, 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 it's, it's not one thing you work on. It's, you know, you're working on all aspects of the game, and defending is one of them, but, uh, you know, he's growing and he's always getting better, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use today's match to try to evaluate that aspect of his game. Next question, we'll go to Sarin Petro with Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sarin, your line is open. Uh, Peter, uh, the the runouts that we've seen here, we saw them again tonight. That's That's been a problem a number of different times uh, for you guys. Is there a consistent theme or, or, or something that you point to that's been the problem? What do you mean the runouts? I'm sorry, what do you mean? Well, I mean, kind of breakaways. I mean, it seems like you guys are putting a lot forward offensively and you're getting beat on a counterattack pretty quick and, and leaving Tim Milio one-on-one with a guy with the ball. I mean, that that's happened a number of times here over the last few games. Uh, tonight it happened. Um, you know, uh, tonight it for sure happened. But I wouldn't say that it's a it's a it's an ongoing issue by any means. Not at all. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I think that as a team, um, I think we've dealt with those situations uh, pretty well. Is there sometimes? Yeah, a team does well on a counter. Sure. Um, uh, but you're, if you're talking about the Philly game, you're talking about those are set pieces. Um, that was a totally different situation. And what this run of play was tonight. Look, they were they were also good in those moments, and they 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 stuck at home and they got out after the ball. So um, we didn't have a good day. They had a really good day, and it, it's one of those it's one of those nights. And, and I and I don't mean to uh, to take anything away from Houston and say that they didn't come out and execute right. That there wasn't another team out there. I understand that there's always someone out there. Was there a problem marking guys? Did the guys get lost? Is there something that Houston did specifically no, missed? No, we were just, we were just. I mean, we were. I'm telling you, after the first 30 minutes, we were, we were just late to everything, and we got stretched out. And uh, you know, all of a sudden, you start having guys that are late or hesitant within the game. Then all of a sudden, they find they find the seams and they start building through us, and, and that's what they did. I mean, they were they were they were cutting through us um, and building through us at will, um, especially. Um, late in the game, uh, you know, second half, um, it just we were we were we were too we were too man oriented at times. We were late at situations. It's what happens. Sometimes it happens. I'm just I've been in a few of those games myself, and it feels like you know you go left, they go right. You go right, they go left. You go forward, they go backward. I mean, you, you're just you're you're chasing shadows, and I think we were doing that for a good majority of the game after that 30 minutes. Next question, we go to Sam Mellinger, Kansas City Star. Sam, your line is open. Hey Peter, uh, I respect that your job is to worry about the results and uh, you know, the, the strategy and the thing. I'm just curious your impressions of the first game having fans and what that felt like, what that sounded like to you down on the field. If you noticed 
Uh, listen, having somebody in the stadium is, is definitely a help. Um, it, it really is. It gives it gives something of an ambiance in the stadium. I, I, I really do, and I and I appreciate the fact that those people came tonight. Um, I'm, you know, I, I apologize for the fact that we didn't get the result, um, but it wasn't. I don't I don't think tonight was for a lack of effort. I just think that we, uh, yeah, we, we we fell short. We had a, we had a bad day, and um, you know we'll be back in situations like this. You got to respond and. And I believe our guys will. But I think it was good to have people in, in the stadium. It was, uh, it was uh, much appreciated. Next question, we'll go to Sean Goodwin with the Kansas City Star. Sean, your line is open. Hey, Peter, I know you said, well, I'm, I'm just going to use second base results isn't pinged on any single player, of course. Uh, Houston did seem to target Jalen's size love that game. I mean, he has a pretty tough game out there, right? Um, look, I, I, I think that um, Elise is a tough is a tough mark for anybody in this league. Um, he's an important player for them. Uh, I, I think that when you look at the third goal, um, he gets a little man oriented in that situation and maybe overcommits a little bit. But you know, look, uh, there's there's there are some learning curves that go with um, opportunities, and that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in him. I think I think he has a lot of room to grow, and and you know this is a this is one of those experiences for him tonight. Final question: We'll go to Greg Eklund with KCUR. Greg, your line is open. Hello, Peter. Um, sorry, I have to ask this question to you under these post-game circumstances, but your players in warm-ups today were wearing the Black Lives Matter T-shirts, and then they were kneeling at the national anthem. And yet this week we learned the news of another shooting another black man who was victimized by a police officer. Can you share your reaction on that? Uh, on the fact that our guys knelt or which piece? I mean, obviously, obviously anytime somebody gets, mur you know, gets killed, it's, it's not a good thing in this country. That's for sure. Um, I can't tell you that I know the extent of what happened with that situation. So it's very difficult for me to comment on it. But other than the fact that when someone dies, that's, that's not a good thing. Um, if that's what you're asking me, of course, you know, I don't want to see that happen. Um, I, you know, all the guys have their own decisions to make um, on what they want to do and how they want to respond. Um, me personally, I am against racism, so I, I don't know what the question is. But other than that, that's that's what I have to say. Uh, we were ready. Uh, we were ready to come back home and play. Uh, we did not know at the beginning. Uh, we didn't find out until a few weeks ago that we were going to have fans. Uh, you know, and we're. Um, thankful for all that you know our fans are always been supporting throughout the game even when we were down 5-2 uh, I could hear the fans everybody stayed um, throughout the whole game uh, that shows a lot what our fans are all about so you know I'm very thankful for what the fans did for us uh, I appreciate I'm humble about the whole thing and you know our fans uh, have always been there for us um, you know unfortunately the game didn't go well tonight um, but we're going to pay that back to them because they're always there supporting us, and I'm very happy that they were they were there for us. And uh, we need to move forward and and you know and, and and play for them next time. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sam Mellinger and to Sean Goodwin for coming by and talking about Sporting Kansas City and the first home game with fans in Kansas City since March. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. 
Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. Details can be found at account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe that's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we'll be back on thursday with another episode